0: Praise the Lord. Let's give glory to the Lord tonight. Amen. I'm feeling like I'm in a Pentecostal church tonight. Hallelujah. I feel the spirit of the Lord moving here. Praise God. God's people have been praying. They've been seeking the Lord. Amen. And if you're like me, I never quite got over that Holy Ghost experience. Amen. I'm not planning on getting over it either. Amen. Amen. He gave me something to leap about. He gave me something to shout about. Hallelujah. He gave me something. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank God for this Pentecostal experience that we've had. Amen. And you can be seated for a few moments tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's good to hear the Riggins are on their way home. Praise God. Do you feel like you're in a good church and in good hands with your pastor, Riggins? Amen. I'm sure uh, this is a great place to grow in the Lord. You know that old saying says bloom where you're planted and uh, there are too many folks that just keep uprooting trying to plant themselves somewhere else and uprooting and up you know something is never going to grow very well when you keep doing that with a plant in your garden or out in your front yard or whatever you have to leave it there and uh, I can't think of a better place let me give you a recommendation if you're part of this church just stay right here amen you'll be blessed right here you'll bloom where you're planted right here God's given you a man of God to bring you the word of the Lord pastor Riggin is that man and Bible even says this it says not to have many fathers now it said you have many instructors maybe but it said a father's just let there not be many now that father there means a spiritual uh, a spiritual leader a spiritual father of course And uh, just a recommendation, let Pastor Regan place his hands on your life, amen, and he'll help you get to heaven, amen, he'll help you get to heaven, and I've discovered this just from uh, reading the word of God, that there's not any of us going to make it any closer to heaven without the fingerprints of a man of God on our lives. We are going to be blessed by a man of God helping us, assisting us, and uh, keeping... Keeping his uh, hand upon our life. God is good to us. God is good to us. Amen. Well, have you been passing out any cards this week? Have you been talking to somebody about the Lord this week? Sowing that seed. Amen. If we'll sow, it'll grow. Right. Bible says that it will not return unto him void, the word of God. And uh, so just keep sowing that seed. Bible said this. It said, uh, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. Amen. Amen. Little Johnny was in the backyard one day and his mom was washing dishes. And out the window she heard him out there doing something. She peeks out. Little Johnny was so cute. She thought, there he was preaching to the family cat. (laughs) None of you kids ever did anything like that with your little... uh, No, I'm sure you didn't. But but Johnny was, and and she just smiled and went back to washing her. Then she heard a ruckus out there. She looked out again, and there was Johnny, that cat, trying to put him down in a bucket of water. She said, Johnny, don't you know cats don't like water? Johnny said, well, he should have thought of that before he joined my church. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're thinking about baptizing that cat or I see one of these little girls with the doll baby back here, you know, they may not always be so agreeable. But guess what? I heard a knock at the door of the church today. This really happened. And I'm in the office out there. I'm thinking, oh, I better get up and get to that. I look out and there's nobody there. I look again because the knocking kept coming. And do you believe this, Reagan? There was, a, there was a crow sitting out there knocking on the door of the church. And do you believe this, Morgan? I told that crow something. I told him the Bible says, repent and be baptized. In Jesus' name, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, he didn't come on in because I didn't open the door for him. <laughs> but he said something back. He said, call, call. <laughs> Which I took to mean, amen, brother. In- crow language. (laughs) So you can mark that down. Preach the gospel to every creature. Give everybody a chance that has a soul. (laughs) That crow didn't have one. But but, uh, if you want to join us again on Saturday morning, looks like it's going to be a nice day. We'll be here at 930 and at 10 o'clock we'll go out. We'll knock some doors, visit some folks. We'll have a good time if it's warm weather and good Lord willing and the wind doesn't howl. We might just go down a street or two and, and uh, see what we run into, what, we kind of, what kind of response we get just by passing out some flyers and introducing ourselves to some people. So that'll be Saturday morning. In the meantime, we're here tonight, and we're going to do things maybe a little different here tonight. Let's begin by standing, and we're going to read from the book of Acts. It's hard to beat the book of Acts. That's where the action is. And we know it's the Acts of the Apostles. It's interesting to, uh, to note that it's an action word that describes this book. That's because the church is intended to be a church of action. Amen. Amen. The kingdom of God cometh not by observation. That's what Jesus said. Amen. It comes by participation. It comes by getting involved. We know this is not a spectator church, right? It's hands-on, if you will. Amen. We lay hands on the sick. We lay hands on people when they want to pray for the Holy Ghost. In that sense, it's hands-on. And in the sense of getting involved in the work of the Lord, it's hands-on where the rubber meets the road. And uh, we, eye to eye, face to face, we reach for those about us. And so in Acts chapter 17, we'll look at the habits and manner of the great apostle Paul and his example to us. Acts chapter 17 says this in verse 1 and 2. It says, now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, did I say that right? Any volunteers? <laughs> we'll assume that's okay. Where was a synagogue of the Jews, I got that right. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. Paul, as his manner was, went among people that that he had a connection to, the Jews. Guess what? Paul was one of them. Not only that, they were family. They were tight, those Jews were, because they all descended from Abraham. Abraham walking down the line there. They all descended from Jacob. They all descended uh, from those 12 tribes. So they, was, they were brothers and sisters. And that's where Paul went. Scripture tells us it was his manner, it was his habit to go in unto them, and there he reasoned with them from the Scriptures. Tonight I don't really have a title for this, uh, but let's pray together and see if the Lord will give, him, give us something from his word. Can we pray? Lord, in Jesus' name, thank you, O oh God for the word of the Lord. Your word is quick and powerful, Lord. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, your word will not return void, but it will accomplish that which you please. It will prosper in the thing whereto you sent it, and we're believing you for that tonight, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise, O God. We give you thanks, mighty Lord. Hallelujah. Oh God, you are great. Lord, you are greatly to be praised. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, mighty God. Lord, thank you, Lord. Turn to your neighbor and give them a praise the Lord. And then you can be seated tonight. And I hope to include everybody tonight. And uh, can you help me or maybe a couple folks help pass out, make sure everybody gets that. i mean, including young people, too we have something that might be helpful for us evangelism Paul's manner uh, was to include that on his daily agenda and uh, it was his habit and it was his manner to check out the people where he went as a as a missionary to the Gentiles and uh, first he would go to those that he had something in common with which was the Jews so somebody might ask where are we going with this tonight passing out handouts and and I'm sure this is not totally out of the ordinary for you because I know how pastor Riggin is a teacher and I'm aware that he's uh, introduced some Bible studies to this church that can be used to reach to the lost. we'll do something along those lines tonight so where are we going with this tonight we're going with uh, thank you brother We're going with how to approach somebody with something that we have that's important. Somebody that we have something in common with will be the most likely people that we would approach. Amen? Amen. Now, you and I know that uh, folks can get confrontational about some things. And uh, they say blood's thicker than water. Folks may criticize their own family members sometimes. They may talk about the husband or the wife or the grandma, the uncle, the aunt, and they can get by with that. But if you're not part of that family and you step in and you or I start criticizing their family, guess what? That doesn't doesn't cut it. That isn't going to work. That's their business. That's their family business. And, uh, you know, we can have a confrontation there pretty quick. Politics is another area, right? (laughs) I'll tell you, if you want to get up a good, stir up a good conversation, just uh, find out where somebody stands and and take the other side. (laughs) Just for kicks. Be the devil's advocate, and uh, you'll get you a, a lively conversation going. As we approach folks about the Lord, there are various ways we can approach them. I like the non-confrontational approach. The kind that builds bridges instead of walls. The kind that opens doors instead of slamming them shut. Is anybody with me? Yes. Yeah, I and mean, we've probably all done some of both. You know, I, I must confess, you know, personal testimony time that there have been times that I, I've tried to get my foot in the door and I got, got it slammed on it. <laughs> Speaking to somebody about something that I felt they needed to hear, and they didn't feel the same way I did. <laughs> and so the goal, I find, is to find a way to get our foot in the door where it won't get slammed shut on, and to keep it out of our mouth as much as possible, too, when it comes to the foot. Uh, you know, sometimes we can get try to get both of them in there, but... That'll be our goal tonight, is to look at ways we can approach people in which uh, they'll be more receptive to what we want to talk to them about. I want to tell folks about the Lord, don't you? I love to tell people what God has done for me. And and I like to to know that they're interested and they'll want to listen to that. And there are some approaches that we can use, and scriptural approaches worked for them in the Bible. Hey, it'll work for us today. People are still people. Now, there may be a bit different culture in Olathe, Kansas than in Colorado Springs, Colorado. It is a little bit different. There are different uh, activities that people do with their free time. There are different interests in different areas. But people are still people. You know, I've already seen some folks in Olathe, Kansas, just short time I've been here. Man, that reminds me of somebody. Reminds me of somebody from Colorado. Almost looks like him. Almost acts like him. And uh, people are uh, the same everywhere you go. They have a spirit. They have a soul. And God is reaching for them. So that's the way Paul approached it. Everywhere he went, he sought for some common ground. And he sought for a way to connect with people. And the first place he went with was his own people. People that he was connected to naturally anyway, the Jews. And uh, he had an approach that, uh, that worked. Let's go to Acts chapter 19, a couple pages on there, and let's see what approach he used because it doesn't tell specifically in some places. But here in Acts chapter 19, you're probably familiar with how he met certain disciples of John. And as they were coming down the road and Paul was on his way to Ephesus they got in a conversation but we'll to start there in chapter 19 verse 1 it says and it came to pass that while Paul was at Corinth Paul having passed through the upper coast came down to Ephesus and he found these disciples now these disciples we're gonna find out uh, were are John's disciples they were good guys all right now they didn't believe the same way Paul believed Do you ever run into somebody that's a good person? You know, you could be good friends with them, but you find they just don't believe the way you believe. But we'd like to help them believe the way we believe because we have that scriptural truth. Well, Paul was the same way. Apparently, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Let's see what they believe here. And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Notice the way he approached him. He didn't start out by saying, Bless God, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're going to split hell wide open. What do you think about that? (laughs) He could have got a response to that, I think. I think he'd have got a response. But he was looking for a response that would open a door rather than slam it shut. And so he asked them a question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now, I don't know if Paul knew in advance before he asked that question or if he's just playing dumb. But either way, he asked the right question. And uh, they said, we haven't heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Doors still open? So he said unto them, under what then were you baptized? Well, they said unto him, under John's baptism." Well, now the door's swinging wide open. They don't feel like Paul is trying to encroach on their territory. He is. He is interested in their experience. He's asking them questions. He's letting them talk a little bit. Now, Paul is a preacher, and Paul could have preached them a message right there, and he did at times, depending on the situation. But this was a face-to-face, one-on-one situation, like we're in every day. And so he took an approach where he simply showed an interest in their experience. And after he heard what their experience was, he simply told them, Well, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. And that was good, right? He wasn't condemning John's baptism. They had done all they knew, knew to do. Many times we encounter people, they've done all they know to do. I was in that situation one time I was in that condition I had been sprinkled I thought it was baptism that's what they told me where they sprinkled me I didn't know any better that's what they told me there they didn't show me scripture one way or the other that's just I just believed them I found out later as time went on that hey that really isn't the way they did it in the Bible when somebody came and showed me the scripture and so this is what Paul is finding these people are honestly sincerely wrong but he didn't condemn their experience he said John baptized with the baptism of repentance saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him that is on Christ Jesus now when they heard this they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ the name of the Lord Jesus and when they heard this and he put them Down in the water, Paul laid his hands upon them, and the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So his approach was asking questions. Asking questions. I can ask one little question, and I can get a whole lot of answer out of that. And so this is a scriptural way to approach someone. How about Jesus? Go to Matthew chapter 22. These scriptures are there on your handout tonight, Matthew 22. Jesus was the master of the question. Now, he asked a Godhead question that we're going to read about here. And I like this. I'm not sure I could have answered this. It left these guys scratching their heads. And we're looking at Matthew 22 and verse 41. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, now were the Pharisees his friends or his did they think of him as an enemy they thought of him as an enemy they were already plotting at this time how to entrap Jesus and bring him to trial and eventually if possible remove him from the scene alrighty that's that's way they viewed him Jesus not did not view them that way he was reaching for them So uh, when they were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Question mark. Whose son is he? Well, they knew the answer. They said unto him, The son of David. Scripture. He saith unto them, How then doth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord... How is he his son? Question after question after question, and Jesus just left it open. See how they answer. They scratch their head. The Bible says they didn't ask him any more questions. <laughs> so in, try, in trying to entrap him, they really trapped themselves. Jesus simply asked a simple question: You, know, how, who would Christ be? After the flesh, he was David's descendant, right? He was his son. But after the spirit, he was Lord. Jesus is both God and man. He's the son of God. He's the son of man. He's the Lord of glory, hallelujah, yet he was laid in a manger. He's the prince of peace, yet he's the everlasting father. We know who Jesus is, amen? And we have the answer to those questions. Praise God, if we can draw somebody out... So that they begin to hunger and quit. wonder what the answer to that is. We might get an open door there and be able to tell somebody some, give them some pearls of truth. So here are some, here are some suggestions how to approach somebody. We want to find out where someone is spiritually. You got, you got one, brother, all right. Find out where someone is spiritually, and that's the goal of our questions. And we might use the what do you think about approach. What do you think about the world situation? Do people around you have thoughts about that? When they're seeing the sea and the waves roaring, when they're hearing about war over in Syria and Iran doing their thing and, and uh, people dying and, and mass killings regularly in America. People do have thoughts about that. And uh, so we'll get a response. What do you think about the world situation? I was walking down the hall one day of, the, of my workplace in Colorado, and somebody had the radio on. It was telling about that was the particular time when there was the, uh, the horrible, uh, it was a rainstorm back in Boston. Uh, that must have been last year about this time. And uh, somebody, I heard somebody say, what is going on in this world? It looks like it's falling apart. And uh, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, man, if I was back there, we'd have a a discussion because there is something going on in this world. People don't know what it is, but we know it's simply signs that Jesus is coming. Amen? Amen? Praise God. What do you think about churches? People have opinions about churches. Many times they have positive opinions, but we're sometimes a little leery of asking them because maybe they have a negative opinion. But regardless, we'll get an answer. And it'll give us an idea of their spiritual uh, condition, where they are. What do you think about John 3:5? They may say, What's that? <laughs> well, there's my chance. <laughs> Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What do you think about Acts 2:38? We generally would ask this to somebody we know of as being a churchgoer, right? And maybe they know something about the scripture, but maybe they haven't considered acts 238 and we know that off the top of our head right can we quote that we can quote it then Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and amen that's right we have the answer if they don't know what acts 238 says then the do you line of questioning this is something you can try tomorrow just somebody you've been talking to somebody you've uh, maybe invited to church just ask them do you go to church maybe they do maybe they don't maybe they never have maybe they were raised in a church do you read the Bible maybe they've read all the way through it I asked one gentleman that he says I've read it half a dozen times at least and he wasn't boasting simply uh, a fact that I would never have guessed And uh, that gives us an idea of the spiritual condition. All right? Do you pray? If they've ever been in a foxhole in the military, they prayed. (laughs) That's what I'm told. People have been there. And do you know about the Mark of the Beast, 666? Do you think most people around you have heard of the Mark of the Beast? I think they have. I think probably 95% of Americans have heard of the Mark of the Beast. Uh, they've heard it in some kind of a media uh, presentation they've seen it maybe Uh, they think of it maybe as a tattoo on somebody's forehead they've heard the scary stories but you may find out that many people don't know it comes comes from the Bible that 666 is right there in the book and we know right where it is it's in Revelation 13 right about down there verse 16 so we can show them something that they've heard about. All right, then, the tell me about line of, uh, of approach here. Tell me about your church. That opens the door for somebody to just talk about their church. Tell me about the Holy Ghost. Amen. I enjoyed meeting Ann the other night, who came with Sister Santiago, and uh, hearing about her experience in the Lord. And uh, we learned so much just by asking simple questions. And it turns out she's received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And as I recall, uh, she didn't, hadn't heard of baptism in Jesus' name. Amen. But she's going to get to hear about baptism in Jesus' name. Amen. And I did a little research. I found out she's from Kenya. Is that right? The official, actually Kenya is a multilingual nation. You know, most nations have their official language, right? English, here other places uh, different. Uh, Kenya has two principal languages English and Swahili and uh, she has quite an accent it's very possible she speaks Swahili as well as English so interesting there all right um, tell me about the blood of Jesus this again is somebody who may go to church maybe they've heard something or tell me about tongues Now, I come from the great state of West Virginia. And in West Virginia, back in those hills, they know about speaking in tongues. They also know about taking up serpents. (laughs) Now, that slammed the door shut for me. (laughs) I'm not going to one of those churches where they take up serpents. I don't care if they speak in tongues or what they do there. I'm not going to pass that serpent. They're going to pass it on by me. Uh, but you might find out that people heard about the experience of speaking in tongues. On a radio broadcast I was listening to this morning, on public radio, there was a special report on what's happening in denominational churches. How many people are having this tongue-talking experience? And they even pointed out uh, the Catholic Church under the leadership: is it Pope Francis? Is now the. I know nobody here is currently Catholic, but I think that's the current Pope. They sit under his, okay, I see a knot. Under his leadership, they expect that to become more prominent in the Catholic Church. Now, I'm trusting it's the real thing, but whether it is or not, they can have the real thing. Amen, because the Lord is pouring out his Spirit upon all flesh. Amen. If somebody is hungry for the Holy Ghost, if they'll reach out to the Lord in faith, if they've repented in Jesus' name, God will fill them with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter what group they're in. God is calling them out. Come out from among them. He's saying, be you separate. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is sending revival in the last days, and it's happening right here. Praise God. We want to be part of it. So people are hearing about this experience, and I have discovered nearly everybody we meet knows somebody who's spoken in tongues. It may be a member of their own family. That crazy uncle lives out there in that other state. I heard he's tongue talker now. Or one of their friends. Or somebody. All right? So how do we approach somebody? We just ask them questions and let it talk let them talk and we'll find out so much that's very helpful in approaching them let's wrap this part of it up because we're gonna turn this page over here in a moment but let's say that you have somebody you'd love to talk to about the Lord and you have some good tools I've seen these laying here everybody's seen this one do you all speak with tongues alrighty and you've seen this one maybe calling on the name of the Lord and I'm sure you've seen this one it's in English or Spanish into his marvelous right light right alrighty so some of you have taught these these are very easy to teach read through it once yourself and you're ready to teach it it's that simple just guides you right through the Bible study but let's say that just somebody that you know you would like to teach them a Bible study Well, here is a great approach. Call them on the phone, or you're talking to them, and uh, you say, did I tell you about the new Bible study I'm learning to teach? I was wondering if you'd be willing to help me out. Now, if it's a family member, and you ask them for help, I'm going to assume that you haven't cried wolf too many times before. (laughs) And they're going to say, here they come again. Want me to help them with this, that, or the other. But they're going to say... Sure. What can I help you with? Well, I need somebody to help me practice this Bible study. Can you do? Uh, can you? Would would some practice help you? Practice always helps me. I am still practicing. I've been teaching Bible studies for a while, but I can use all the practice I can get. So every time I teach a Bible study, I learn a little something more. I learn something about the people I'm teaching, if not the Word of God. So it's all practice. Amen. I'm almost as bad as a doctor. I'm practicing. (laughs) I don't care for doctors practicing on me, okay? But if somebody bringing the word of God, amen, let's put it into practice. Here is the clincher. When can we get together? Many times we ask somebody, would you let me, would you help me practice this Bible study? They say, sure. It never happens. Have you ever had that? All right, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. So when can we get together? Would Thursday work better or Saturday? Just give a couple options. Which would work better, Thursday or Saturday? Or pick your days. Which would work best, Tuesday in the morning or Tuesday in the evening? Does that make sense? So that's the reason that's in bold letters there. It nails something down. Now that doesn't mean it won't change before you finally get together. But there's a certainty to it. We are getting together. I'll put that on my calendar. Does anybody carry their calendar around with them? I carry mine around with me. Do you? <laughs> it works pretty good. As long as that battery's going and stays up there. works all right. Okay, I'm put, I've got it on my calendar. I'll be there. This is good teaching, isn't it? This isn't original with me. This is just good teaching. How do I approach someone? ask them a few questions and then somewhere along the way in that circle of influence on the backside there you'll find somebody who will say yeah I'll help you out I'll let you practice when can we get together alright so this circle of influence you may have seen something like this before this is really helpful it jogs us and reminds us of the people that surround us that really are open doors. And we've kind of written them off. We kind of said, Well, I've talked to them before. I invited them to church before. I invited them two Christmas ago for our Christmas program. Or, Oh, I remember when I first came to the Lord 20 years ago, I invited them. And, you know, we wrote, write them off too easy sometimes. Right at the middle of that circle there is self. That's us. And we are surrounded by family. Who has a family? Everybody has a family, right? Right. And I love my family. Don't you love your family? Yeah, I love my family. So, in our circle of influence, up there, that top circle is family. Now, do you have a pencil or a pen? This is hands-on tonight. Okay. This is hands-on. And uh, get out that pencil or that pen, or borrow it from somebody. Some of you ladies have a dozen of them in your purse. Brother Josh has a few back there, in the cup in the uh, sound booth back there and uh, let's just jot down a name or two you don't have to list your whole family tree if you're from West Virginia the family tree is really easy it just doesn't have any branches (laughs) (laughs) but uh, family right in there Um, you know a couple of names a couple of names of folks that you really would like to talk a little bit more to about the Lord but you haven't found the opening but that doesn't mean you can't put their name down just because you haven't found the opening yet but this gives a focus this gives more pens brother does anybody else need a pen thank you alrighty then the next circle there next closest to us is our friends or as one brother used to say I got a call today and uh, man it was my friend I said, how many friends do you have? He said, that was him. (laughs) got a call. It was a momentous occasion. Well, some of us have more friends than others. Uh, If you're on Facebook, you probably got a zillion of them. (laughs) Some of them you haven't even met yet. (laughs) But these would be ones that you can connect with. And uh, think of a friend or two that you would say, man, I'd like them to know what I know. I haven't had... I haven't really felt like I could tell them, even Acts 2.38. Yeah, it just didn't feel like it was an open door. So we're just, gonna, we're just writing down names of folks that we haven't been able to connect with, but we'd love to. All right, then neighbors and coworkers. And let me put in here uh, classmates. How many, how many folks here in the congregation are going to school somewhere right now? Right here, right back there, right over here, right here, all righty, going to school. You get there a little bit early if it's college, and what are people doing? They're standing around talking, chatting. Some of them are studying. They're just waiting to be interrupted, if you would, please. (laughs) Give them a break from their study. All right. So let me include that there. Great opportunity is people that are close to us in that way. We see them regularly Uh, we talk to them regularly whether it's around the water fountain or what and uh, they're under neighbors and co-workers classmates Uh, we can write down two or three names there and then finally acquaintances this be somebody next time you see them they'll say I recognize you I saw you on bus I saw you in line at Walmart and in line at Walmart, and in line at Walmart, (laughs) or wherever you shop. Uh, I saw you the other day out in your front yard, your neighbor, just a new one there, an acquaintance. Somebody that you would recognize their face. So we have a few names there. Let's turn that sheet back over and think, is there one of these questions that I feel like I could ask them the next time I see them? Next time I see them. Maybe that, what do you think about the world situation? You know, there was another killing. Was it in a school this past week? Yeah. And most people heard about that on the news. And uh, not that we want to exalt the negative, but that gets people's attention. And we could ask simply, did you hear that report on the news? What do you think about the world situation? People have heard about Iran and how they're ramping up their military uh, capabilities. Have you heard on the news what's happening with Iran? What do you think about that situation? So there are questions that we could ask. Amen? Is that an amen? righty, great. So we have a list there. And uh, why don't we just take a moment, and with that list in front of you, we're going to do some other things here tonight, but let's just pray over these folks. Can we do that? Let's pray together. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, we know that you hear and answer prayer. Lord, we know that you're the one that draws souls. Oh, God, accept your spirit draw, Lord. No one can come into the kingdom of God. Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray and ask in you, touch these hearts, oh, Lord. Stand at that door that heart and knock, oh, God, in Jesus' name. Lord, we're asking you for that opportunity. Lord, in Jesus' name, we're asking you to open that door. Let us see when that door is open, O God, and let us be willing to step into that open door. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord, amen. I believe God hears our prayers. open door before this week is out easily easily we could find somebody where we could talk about practicing a Bible study with them and getting their feedback on that and just setting up a time when we can do that and there are plenty of Bible studies around here to to latch on to so really what we're talking about here is what most people call lifestyle evangelism I believe Pastor Regan calls it lifestyle evangelism where we have some relationships that have developed we have naturally the family relationships but we're talking to other people we're showing an interest in their lives there are times we have invited them to church times we may have expressed sympathy when they had a death in the family and there's a connection made there that we want to take it to the next level we want to take it to the next level I want to take it to the level with the Lord's help Where I can tell them about the gospel, and they can have a meaningful uh, 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 brought to them in a meaningful way, where they can respond to that gospel. And we look for a way to do that. Sometimes an hour-long Bible study works great. Sometimes they're they're moving. We won't see them that long. It's a you know I see them and maybe a few minutes and they're gone. It's like a, a, a guy that had come to church back in Colorado. And we'd see him in church. He'd get there late. He'd leave early. One day we kind of connected with him finally. What's your phone number? Where do you live? So we got his address, his phone number. And uh, found out where he lived. And uh, just dropped by. Unexpectedly. Knocked his door. And uh, he came. And we talked. Sat on his front porch there. And uh, he says, you know, I've got to go in 10 minutes. I've got to go pick up the kids. Well, here he was going to be gone again. I said, can I have five minutes? I promise, no more than five minutes. You'll get, you'll get there on time to pick up your kids. He said, okay. Well, what do you do in five minutes? Well, that's where we're headed next here. Is it possible that in five minutes we could bring the gospel to somebody in a way where it would be meaningful to them? Well, it is possible. Amen. Brother, would you hand these out? This is a a tool, and I know that there are other Bible studies that that we've all taught, but this one trims down that time frame so that even in just a few minutes' time, it may be somebody that is your office mate, or it may be somebody that you see just occasionally, or it may be... Somebody that you connect with before class. Let me just use some examples there. Or like this guy on the front step of his porch. We're standing outside. And uh, when he said, okay, five minutes, I had what I need. said unto them, Repent and walk. Sometimes you want to. But something happens when the word of God goes forth that opened the door. We've got to talk about her experience in the Lord, how she had some difficult experiences in her family, and we had something to pray about. And uh, when we can start praying for somebody, doors start opening, and develops a relationship where we can meaningfully invite them to a church where people are baptized in Jesus' name where people receive the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues and it's not a shock. It's not something new. It's something that somebody's read about in the Bible right there. Amen. Can you think of somebody that you might see maybe 10 minutes sometime during a day? That's 10 minutes. That's plenty. In one example, it was a security guard where this guy drives into his apartments. Every night, he'd see that security guard. And, you know, he finally got to, that security guard would just wave him on in because he recognized him. Then it was summertime. He got to, he rolled down his window, and they'd just chat a minute or two. And then a car would come up, and, and he'd roll on into the apartments. He decided he's going to take this and lay it on the front seat of his car. And uh, next time that security guard's there, and it's a nice summer night, he'll just say, hey, have you seen this? Well, it was me. <laughs> so... I did that. I drove in. Hi, Louis. How you doing? Well, fine. How you doing, Bill? Have you seen one of these? I haven't seen that. What is that? So I pulled over, and uh, just pulled that out. I said, "You got a couple minutes? Let me show you this." Okay. And uh, just pulled out cell phone. We went through the scriptures. Found out he had the Holy Ghost. This man was Trinitarian. Been baptized in Father, Son, Holy Ghost. He saw there's a difference. He says, I want to be checking. Can I have this? I want to read this over again. So now we're working on it. Me and another brother in that apartment, this guy has seen the scriptures now. He knows what we're all about. He has the Holy Ghost, and we know how the Holy Ghost works, right? The Holy Ghost will lead somebody into truth. This is no coincidence that Lewis has, and, and we've come in contact with him. So we just don't know who's around us every day. Let's give God a chance. Amen. Let's step through that open door. Let's do what we can do to bring that gospel to somebody. And the Bible says we're commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Hallelujah. Five minutes. Five minutes is all we need. And God will do something. The mouth of two or three witnesses. Praise God. And so, it's so simple. And we're simply doing what Paul did. It was his manner. That first scripture we read when we started tonight, it was his manner to go to them. He didn't wait for them to come to him. But he went to them. I'm sure Paul prayed before he stepped in that synagogue and talked to his family members. That was his brothers and sisters. But after he had, then he presented the word of God to them or those disciples that he saw along the way amen and you know what's really exciting there are some people we would meet we'd say no chance no chance for foreign accent they come from Wow they come from a way different background we're in America and America is changing there are mosques probably there's one in somewhere in Olathe I know in in uh, Colorado there's more than we want to see around there but God has a plan and he has his plan is for some of them to be saved somebody who doesn't know who Jesus is who thinks God's name is Allah or something like that God can open their hearts and there's a man named Ahmed who lives in Denver this was what hooked him he was born in Iran of all places you know where that is that's ancient persia that's the place where uh, uh, baghdad is and uh, also ancient babylon place where they persecuted god's people but god worked it out so that he ended up in england where he learned english and then he ended up in america where he went to engineering school and he came to church one day he just came to check it out because a friend had invited him he wasn't particularly interested he had family members by marriage who were catholic didn't see anything in it to him that was christianity but we just just had, you just have a few minutes we'd just like to sit down and just show you something from the word of god he was interested enough and as we went through this something god touched his heart Something began to happen in his life, And he looked at me and said, "I never saw that before. I never saw that before. Nobody ever explained that to me." And it opened the door to a couple more lessons, talking about the Holy Ghost, talking about the church and talking about his life. And it turns out that the God that he had been told he was supposed to serve was a God of vengeance. God of violence a get-even type God that's Allah I told him about a God who forgives a God who's merciful a God who loves and he came to church next time he came to church stood in the vestibule and uh, just went up to greet him tears began to roll down his face for even for church he even started and he hung his head he said, I really need God. And when we walked into the service that morning, I was sitting at the platform so I didn't get to sit with him. He sat on the far back pew with the gentleman that he knew there in the church. And when the altar call was made, we were praying. And Ahmed came down that aisle to the front. And I thought, this is it. I'm just telling this the way it actually happened. This is it. This might be the only chance that we have. Help him get closer. So we got the, the guy who had the most Holy Ghost to come on over, one of the ministry team. Now's your chance, brother. Would you pray with this man? And uh, so he came up, and this man was, this brother in the Lord was ready. He, he just told Amman, he said, Do you believe you can receive the Holy Ghost? And Amman looked up long enough with those tears. He says, Yeah. So Okay, when I lay hands on you, you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. Ahmed said, okay. He said, lift your hands. And when that man laid hands on him, Ahmed began to speak with other tongues. Ahmed received the Holy Ghost, just like the Bible says, just like you expect it to happen. And it didn't stop there. Once he finally stopped speaking in tongues, he was just kind of out in la-la land there for a while. The same brother, said, would you like to be baptized? We knew what that meant. He knew it was the name of Jesus that he was going to take on. It wasn't going to be Allah anymore. He knew it might separate him from the people that he was raised with, it might separate him from family, it might cause him to be ostracized from his culture. But he said, Yeah, I want to be baptized. When he came out of that water, oh, the glory of the Lord just fell right there. Amen. And Ahmed is living for God today. Hallelujah. Just because of a simple gospel message that is so powerful. It is so powerful. Can we stand together tonight? Amen. Something will happen because God said, My word will not return to me void. It will accomplish that which I please, it will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. God's word is alive, it's quick, it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It goes to the heart. Amen. We need to go for the heart. Oh, yeah, we're we're not playing around. This is for heaven or hell. This is for eternity. And the word of God is what people need to hear to prepare them for the kingdom of God. Jesus said, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Let's reach out to the Lord together tonight. Lord, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth, oh God. Lord, thank you for letting us get hold of it. God, thank you for sending somebody to me when I was so lost, oh God. And Lord, they had the courage to tell me about the Holy Ghost. Oh God, they had the word of God to show me that I needed to be baptized. And Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, I want to help somebody else. Lord, help me. Let me help somebody in my family. Let me help an acquaintance, oh God. Lord, help me. Let me help somebody that I work with, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just take a